Hi, and welcome to First Bite, a Nation's Restaurant News podcast. I'm your host, Holly Petrie. Today is Wednesday, February 21st, and here are your top stories. First, Auntie Anne's and Cinnabon Parent Company Focus Brands rebrands as go-to foods. The Atlanta-based restaurant company is undergoing a brand evolution, signaling its transformation into a platform company. Second, Dave & Buster's debut new prototype in Dallas. The new features include a wall-to-wall gaming environment, interactive darts and shuffleboard bays, an immersive sports viewing experience, a self-service beer wall, and a new menu. Third, restaurants are set to win big with mixed reality experiences thanks to Apple. With the release of its Vision Pro headset, Apple is bringing new opportunities to restaurant operators. Fourth, Taco Bell unveils more than a dozen new menu items. The food ranges from a five-item chicken menu to a Baja Blast gelato. And finally, Taco Bell taps Scott Mazvinsky to oversee International Division. Scott Mazvinsky has been with Yum! Brands for nearly 20 years and started with Taco Bell in early 2021 as Chief Strategy and Financial Officer. Now let's dive deeper into a trending story from our website. Texas Roadhouse CEO Jerry Morgan ended the company's Q4 full-year earnings call Thursday evening with an enthusiastic yee-haw. Given the company's results, this didn't seem out of place at all. For Q4, the Louisville, Kentucky-based casual dining company's comp sales were up 9.9% at company-owned restaurants and 8.9% at domestic franchise restaurants. Those comp sales were driven by 5.1% traffic growth and a 4.8% growth in average check. Restaurant margin dollars increased by 21.4% to $176.7 million versus $145.6 million in the year prior, primarily driven by sales. The company opened 12 company restaurants and seven franchised restaurants during the quarter. For more on this story, let's turn to Alicia Kelso. So Alicia, we are deep into earnings season uh, and we heard from Texas Roadhouse at the end of last week. So can you tell me a little bit about what the brand is doing and what it reported? Because it reported some pretty great things. Yeah, I'm so glad you want to talk to about Texas Roadhouse. Um, and you know, we're supposed to be objective here as journalists, but I live in Louisville, Kentucky, which is the home of Texas Roadhouse. So we like it when, you know, our local companies do really, really well. It's good for the locals. Um, but to talk about their earnings last week, you know, I, let me just put it this way. In my 14 years of covering this industry, I've never heard anyone wrap up an earnings call with a yeehaw. And that's exactly what CEO Jerry Morgan did last week. Uh, when he got off the call, um, basically uh, corralling his, uh, you know, his roadies, if you will. Uh, you know, there's plenty of reason for his enthusiasm, too. So let's zoom out a little bit. For for Q4, the casual dining company's uh, comp sales were up 9.9% uh, at company-owned restaurants, 89 at domestic franchise restaurants. Restaurant margins were higher. Weekly sales were higher. Weekly to-go sales were higher. Uh, in 2023, uh, average unit volume surpassed 7.6 million for the first time, you know, and then you get into the ever important indicator of traffic, which was up 5.1% on the quarter. I think we're on the 11th consecutive year or something very similar like that for traffic growth at this company. Uh, and further, further, <laughs> restaurants, you know, at Texas Roadhouse in 2023 were busier than they have ever been. And, you know, that's that's kind of interesting. We here at Nation's Restaurant News, we, we have these continuous conversations and coverage 
all the stories about companies, um, you know, adding smaller uh, prototypes to their portfolios, digital forward prototypes. Texas Roadhouse is doing the exact opposite. They are using uh, a lot of their CapEx to invest in bigger restaurants because it needs to serve these higher volumes. These new restaurants are about 10% bigger than their pre-COVID restaurants, just to give you an idea. Um, and the executives noted that capital returns are quicker here. That's that's what we're talking about with this company. Um, you know, everything here seems just really anomalous, you know, especially, you know, from the traffic gains to the larger prototypes. This company just seems to be uh, sort of anomalous to, to a lot of things we're talking about here. I think it's important to note that Texas Roadhouse is experiencing some softness in alcohol sales, but executives said this could be part of a macro trend uh, of consumers moving away from alcohol more than, you know, for example, budget conscious consumer trading out, out of alcohol at their concept specifically. They also noted that more consumers are going toward the value side of the menu, but added this could be because they're getting trade downs from costlier, either fine or casual dining chains. Uh, so, you know, overall, executives said they're, quote, very happy with the consumer. We're not hearing that a lot. You know, we, we've heard it in some instances uh, at, at some companies that have reported so far, but we're not hearing very happy uh, with the consumer. We're certainly not seeing the numbers um, quite like this, uh, save for maybe two or three other concepts tops. Uh, obviously, Chipotle is uh, 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 probably belongs in this conversation. They had a tremendous quarter uh, reported earlier this month, but other than that, it's it's been pretty, um, you know, soft on terms of same store sales, especially compared to 2023. Soft in traffic. Uh, you know, I think it's important to try and understand what's going on here, and I think it could be a first, a, a few things. It, first of all, you know, we talked recently. Uh, in our America's Favorite Chains report, which we did uh, last month in tandem with Technomic, that Americans are gravitating towards steakhouses. This, this is not breaking news. Americans like steak. Um, you know, it's their comfort food. Um, and, you know, they really like it in, in, in a weird environment like we have now as they're maybe pulling back on other discretionary items because it's a treat. And it comes with an experience. It comes with service. These steakhouses have service. You know, other um, this is unlike other instances like to go indulgences where they're spending money. So, you know, to be sure, Texas Roadhouse is not the only steakhouse that's turning heads in this weird uh, macro environment backdrop. Uh, we've seen, you know, Bruce Chris doing well, Longhorn Steakhouse, Fleming's Prime, uh, and, and and so forth. So, um, zoom in a little bit though to Texas Roadhouse specifically, and I think it's important to understand their model. Um, Few chains have as much of a sharpened focus on their core competencies as this company. You know, Texas Roadhouse does not offer delivery. They don't open for lunch. They're not tossing LTOs into the mix every month or every, you know, quarter. They focus on their, quote, legendary food and service, full stop. And that is really hard to do right now in this environment where brands are tasked with, quote, meeting the consumer where they are. I cannot tell you how many times we have reported on, we have to meet the consumer where they are now, omni-channel. This is, you know, especially critical in a post-pandemic world uh, where sometimes consumers want experience, sometimes they want convenience, and brands are tasked with offering both more than ever. 
Texas Roadhouse, however, has a singular focus. It's allowed them to gain sales traction. And I think it's important to note they've gained the sales traction versus its casual dining peers that have bigger footprints and deeper histories. So that's something we're kind of keeping an eye on here. Um, I do want to note just sort of, you know, off to the side a little bit, the company is growing its two smaller concepts, Jaggers and Bubba's 33. But they're certainly not being aggressive with the pace and not as aggressive with the pace as they absolutely could be given, um, you know, their their fundamentals right now, their balance sheet. Uh, and there's significant white space for both. And in fact, one thing that really struck me uh, during the company's earnings call last week is executives were asked if they were thinking about picking up their development pace at all, given this very clear demand for the concept. And that answer was pretty much no. We're going to keep to, you know, the pace that we're doing. We're doing, we like this pace. Uh, we like everything that we're seeing from this uh, from this pace. We're going to leverage our cap X to ramp up technology, uh, namely digital kitchen conversions and those bigger restaurants that we talked about, all to support our higher volumes. Uh, but we don't need to be adding more to our, you know, long-term or short-term development algorithms. So it's this commitment to the fundamentals, I think, will help the company continue, uh, you know, to maybe end their earnings call uh, in the enthusiastic way that they did last week. It's certainly a company we have our eye on for a lot of reasons, and it all goes back to those fundamentals and a really sharp focus on uh, core competencies in an environment where that's really hard. So uh, obviously we will keep you posted and stay tuned here. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of First Bite. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new one. Until then, stay up to date with all your news on NRN.com.